It's Wednesday, so you've got me. I'm Carousel Baird. Hey, you can listen to me any day of the week. You can listen online at WRTFM.org, at the A Public Affair podcast, or on the WORT smartphone app. If you like what you hear, click the donate button and support community media. Your donation makes a huge difference. Six foot six above sea level. I grab the mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low power frequency radio modulation. The big sound from underground. Hello, everybody. Welcome. It's Wednesday, so that means you've got me. I'm Carousel Baird, and you are listening to A Public Affair on volunteer-powered, listener-sponsored community radio, WORT 89.9 FM Madison. We have another fabulous show lined up today, Uh, a split show, because there's so much going on. We just try to cram it all into our exciting hour, and we are doing just that today. For uh, the first half of our show, we're going to talk with Maureen McCarville. She is running for Wisconsin State Assembly in District 37. It's a newly drawn district, and and we'll get into the nitty-gritty with Maureen um, in just a moment. And then for the second half of the show, we're going to be talking with Two UW Health nurses, Sarah Quinn and Justin Giebel, um, they have negotiated an end to the potential strike that was about to happen, would be happening right now as we speak. And we're talking, going to talk with both of them about what happened, um, what happens next, what have they negotiated, all that great stuff. I'm really excited. Um, so that's our show for today. Let's get started. As I said, for the first half, we're talking with Maureen McCarville. She's a candidate in District 37 for the Wisconsin State Assembly, and she's currently on the Dane County Board, a colleague of mine, a former colleague of mine. We got to work together very closely. Uh, Hello, Maureen. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Thanks, Carousel. It's great to have you. And this is the first time you've been on my show. I can't believe that you have been a leader on the county board for all of these years. It's about time we got you here. Well, thank you for inviting me. It's wonderful to have you. So, Maureen, tell us a little bit more about yourself. You are, your home base is DeForest. You've been there for decades. And this is a newly drawn district that now includes DeForest and other parts um, beyond Dane County. Tell us about the district and why you're running for State Assembly. Sure. So um, I am now in the 37th district. Um, Prior to that, I was in the 42nd district for years. And as you mentioned, the district was redrawn. And the district now encompasses uh, DeForest, um, Columbus, um, all the way over to Watertown and a whole lot of little towns in between um, on that stretch. So it's, it's a very long district. And in terms of why am I running, um, like you said, I've been on the Dane County Board for years. I enjoy public service. I um, sat on the village board in DeForest for a couple of terms prior to that. Yeah. And also on the DeForest Police Commission for 11 years. I actually helped get that up and running with one of the census that censuses that required um, that we uh, create a, a um Aboard. So I enjoy public service. Um, I've worked at Madison Gas and Electric for almost 40 years. And the first half of my years with the gas company, I um, was on the union side, uh, chief steward, bargained labor contracts. Um, so I enjoy working in groups. I enjoy working with people to find 
solutions, oftentimes uncommon solutions to common problems. And I can tell you in those early years, there was probably not a backyard or a basement that I didn't go in with the type of work that I did that really got, uh, I was able to meet people and hear what issues were out there in the communities, um, not only in my community, but surrounding communities. And a lot of those things, you know, they don't change. It's roads, it's schools, it's economy, it's health, it's seniors, it's, it's just there's an endless list. And I have always felt the pull to help, to try to find solutions. Um, where needed. And again, working with you on the county board was great. I think we did a lot of great work there. And folks started talking to me about running for assembly, and it seems to be the right time. Uh, We've got a lot of critical issues that are facing our state right now. And I think we can do some movement and get some things done, but it has to start with people talking to each other. You got to be able to get in a room, you got to be able to talk to each other and you got to figure out some solutions. So that's why I'm running and hope to make a difference. And I have a lot of good people helping me, um, knocking on a lot of doors, talking to a lot of folks, and hearing what's on the voters' minds, because really that's what drives what needs to get done, is what people are telling you the issues are. And that's what we need to be working on. Maureen, it's so great to hear um, everything you're saying. I mean, we've been... Um, when we worked together on the county board, we agreed, we disagreed, but there was always always able to pick up the phone. And that's not the truth with all of our colleagues. You and I were always able to pick up the phone, always able to work together. And you really translated that everywhere that you worked on the county board, that you were always the person that said, okay, this is my position, but tell me more. And how can we work together? And how can we um, maneuver that? That's a really unique um, perspective. How important is that to be able to be successful at the state level? Well, it's hugely important. You've got to, first of all, understand what motivates people. And that means you've got to get to know them. So um, no illusions here. Coming in as a new legislator, it's just getting to know people, whether it's having a cup of coffee, chatting with them, you know, who's your family, what, you know, understanding where people are coming from and what motivates them. And then you can get into the in-depth problems that are out there and you can find common ground, um, whatever that may be that you can start from. That's a, that's a base to start from and you can work towards bigger solutions, you know, things like, uh, what comes to mind? We talk about charging stations for electric vehicles. Okay, well, to some people that may say that's not going to totally save the environment. But you know what? It's a good start, right? It's one place that you can say if we can take off this many gas-guzzling cars off the road and they're electric, that's a a lot of bad fumes that aren't going in the air um, today, right? Mm -hmm. And you can build on that. So, um, you know, you're not going to hit a home run on the first day. But you can start small and you can keep adding to it and you build a base. And just like we did on the county board, it starts with a conversation and it starts with, hey, let's just get all the ideas out on the table. And then let's see, you know, what of these are viable and, you know, which one should we take a deeper dive into and come up with those solutions? Talk to us about some of those um, different priorities that you have. Let's Let's start with public safety. That's been 
um, something that you've been a leader on on the county board. You were chair of the Public Safety Committee, Public Protection and Judiciary. As you talked about um, at the beginning, you were there from the start when the uh, DeForest Village Board was creating right the police commission and all your work there how um how important is the conversation about public safety and and getting it right making sure that we keep people safe but we acknowledge that there's flaws within the criminal justice system well it, and that's it exactly you acknowledge there's there's flaws right so maybe you don't have to change the whole system but you do have to monitor it you have to find out where the bottlenecks are you have to make sure that people have the right tools to do their jobs. Um, and you need to be uh, cognizant of what's going on out in the community. You know, is it crime? What, what type of crime is it? You know, we have guns, we have drugs, we have um, gangs, we have all kinds of things that are going on out there. So that kind of tells you where the problems are and then what can we do to uh address that you know how can we keep the criminal justice system moving in the right direction um and be able to wrap our arms around these problems you know i mean i talk to people at the doors and with public safety you know you shouldn't be afraid to send your children to school Mm -hmm. right and that's a scary thing I, I have I don't have children of my own. I do have 25 great nieces and nephews. I fear for them every day, just like all of us fear for children. So we talk about guns out there, okay? And it's, yeah. a, it's a subject, right? So we need to use common sense on that, right? And, and this is one way I describe it. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't let a doctor. Uh, do brain surgery on you if you hadn't been to med school. You wouldn't get on an airplane and let somebody fly you somewhere if they hadn't been to flight school, if it wasn't a pilot. Why on earth are we handing over guns to kids simply because they turn a certain age, right? So I was in the military. I fired weapons. I was in the National Guard for nine years. You had to qualify to be there. And I can tell you, going through boot camp, uh, while you got a weapon, you didn't get ammo, and you were trained for weeks on end in a very controlled setting before any kind of ammo was ever distributed. And why was that? It was for safety reasons. Yeah. It was to keep people safe, right? So this is not rocket science. This is common sense laws that need to be created to keep people safe. Responsible gun owners, fine, not a problem. People want to hunt, fine, not a problem. But, you know, we don't need AK-47s. I don't know of anybody that hunts that uses an AK-47. And I know a lot of hunters. And they go, nope, 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 don't need it. So we need to get real about that, right? And we need to have those conversations, right? So um, that's, again, where it starts. It's we need to get in the room. We know the problem is there. And we need to address it. Well, that's what I so appreciate about you, Maureen, is that you bring, you know, your experience um, on in the National Guard, your experience advocating, you know, for uh, criminal justice and public safety. Uh, and yet you still completely understand you're not one extreme or the other. You understand that guns do not belong in the hands of people that have no experience. And you hit it right on the head. It's it's 
it is a challenge. I worry about the safety of my children every day, sending them to school. And this isn't, you don't have to have kids. We're all collectively just worried about the safety of each other. I really yeah. appreciate, you know, sort of the common sense approach that you want to bring to this. It's it's really refreshing. And building on that, I want to talk to you about your district. Um, so it, you live in uh, DeForest, as you've talked to us about, and the 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 37th district, and it's a brand new, newly drawn district. It includes um, the city of Watertown, and that's the biggest community, right? Yeah. Uh, and so a lot of towns and rural communities, uh, Columbus, Watertown, DeForest are the 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 big uh, hubs in there, and those are small compared to the rest of Wisconsin. How how do you? What are the conversations that you're hearing that compares to the conversations you have sometimes on the Dane County Board and in the cities? And are you seeing more common ground between all of Wisconsin than what divides us? Yeah. Um, well, obviously, there's one out there now that's that's a huge issue, and that's women's uh, reproductive rights. And all the women that I talk to at the doors, and, and men too, but mainly women, are very upset with what's going on um, as the Dobbs decision came down. And we now have an archaic law that 1849 or whatever year that it was uh, that it was written was written 70 years before women had the right to vote back when women were probably still considered property. Um, and that's the law that we're dealing with today. Is that crazy? That's pretty crazy. So what I hear from women is they want their rights protected. Um, and it's a huge decision, and it is one that goes across my whole district. So I hear that a lot. Um, and, yes, we need to do something about that, and we need to be in the room having the conversation um, and coming up with the solutions to that because when you're not, when you're not at the table, you're on the menu, right? Right, right. So, right, right. So that is a huge issue. Um, and I intend to do everything I can to address that. And I guess I can't say enough about that one because I'm hearing that. And that's not just yeah. from any particular age group. That's all up and down the spectrum. And um, it's it's a it's a very scary thing. Women's lives are on the line. It is really scary, and it's hard to tell if it's anecdotal that this is going to motivate voters, or if it's actually what we're seeing. And it it's nice to hear that the stories that we're hearing from right. I'm in Madison, and I I spend so much of my time, you know, within Madison city limits, are similar to the stories that you're hearing when you're in DeForest and Columbus and Watertown and the towns uh, in between all those communities. Yeah, really great. Yeah. Talk to us about environmental protection. I know that's something you really care about. Well, the environment is huge. Um, you know, again, talked about, you know, we can do simple things, simple things. You know, you can buy an electric car, you know, and you can, you can uh, help that way. What can we can do at a personal level? You know, people, you know, solar panels on homes, um, that type of thing. Um, clean air, clean water. I mean, these are things that, you know, Carousel, we dealt with at the county level, you yep. know, the PFAS. Yep. Um, it, it's huge, you know, and, 
you know, and, and again, this one can go to education, right? So, you know, in, in the early conversations about the PFAS, and again, getting people in the room to understand what it is we're talking about. But, you know, there is this, oh, that comes from firefighting foam. Well, no, <laughs> it's in firefighting foam. It's actually, you know, a, a chemical itself that is in firefighting foam, but it's not the firefighting foam. So it's finding those things out and then what can we do about that, right? And so um, environment, um, I can't say enough about that. Also, you know, it goes hand in hand with climate change, things that we're doing, you know, and how that does affect climate change, you know, and there's, you know, we have these, you know, these huge downpours, these, you know, the, the fires out West, you know, we're cooking our planet. So, we need to um, find solutions that will actually affect change. Um, we have one planet, and we've done a good job of mucking it up, and our children deserve better. We need to leave this place the best shape that we can so they have, they have a good planet to live on. Um, I, I guess I can't say enough about that. So, um, you know, I would tell folks, you know, if anything you can do to, to help the environment, um, you know, whether it's a, a small thing or a, or a big thing. Um, I know we've done, you know, river cleanups out in the village over the years. When I was first on the village board, you know, people would say, oh, you know, the park would flood or this or that. And, well, we organized some river cleanups and um, turned it into a social event. Um, and we actually got the whole community involved where that was a small project that took off. Um, I went down and talked to the local judge, and he gave kids that needed community service double time if they would come out on a Saturday and help us on a river project. Um, we got kids from the high school that signed up to come help. We got area uh, farmers that brought out, you know, equipment. They literally pulled logs out of the out of the river, we got area businesses to donate um, supplies that we needed, and we had seniors that helped make sack lunches, and we were delivering <laughs> to people up and down the river while we cleaned it up. But the point was, we became, you know, a tighter knit community because of it. Yeah. And we accomplished something, you know, the water table really did drop. And now it's an annual event years later. Um, there's always a river cleanup into forest, you know, a couple of times a year. Hmm. So, um, so good That's things great. come and you can start small and yep. it'll work into, to the bigger, into the bigger issues. We're talking right now with Maureen McCarville. She's a candidate in District 37 for Wisconsin State Assembly. Her district includes uh, the village of DeForest, where Maureen lives, uh, and includes the, also the city of Watertown, Wisconsin, and uh, Columbus, and many of the towns in between. Maureen, I wanted to talk with you um, about in- the economy, especially, mm-hmm. you know, your your work for the public utility you you know, and your experience as a union steward but also an advocate for businesses how how are people talking about the economy right now and what are things that you think you can do on the state level to address econ- uh, economic concerns 
Right. So we do have a budget surplus, and I think the governor is doing a good job um, at that level, um, working with both parties that helped to create that surplus. So, you know, sending that money back into the community and areas that need it, right? So um, whether it's the schools or whether it's for services, um, where the needs are is where we should be sending that money back to. Um, in terms of what do I hear at the doors, um, I think from what I'm seeing and, and, and what we're probably all hearing is um, organized labor is making a comeback. Yeah. And it's because it's needed. I mean, hats off to the nurses. You know, I mean, <laughs> if you've ever been in the hospital or you have, you know, family members that have been in the hospital, nothing's more critical than the care that they're getting there, right? And so you want to ensure that those workers are um, taken care of for their needs so that they can take care of your loved ones while they're on the job. And so um, unions serve a huge purpose. And I think that, you know, <laughs> labor built this country. We yeah. know that. And it occurs so, so I'm driving down East Washington Avenue every single day on my way to work. And there are mornings when you're stopped at a light, you know, and you're just looking around. And I'm looking at homes that I think, oh, you know, back in the day when they were built, they were beautiful and they're big and they had lots of bedrooms and they had lots of rooms and they were single family homes. Single family homes that had a mother and a father and maybe a half a dozen kids and mom stayed home and dad went to work, in this case, probably to Oscar Mayer. Um, and this was a normal thing. And, you know, kids went off to college. Um, mom stayed home and they had a half a dozen kids and they still found a way to, you know, maybe take a vacation in the summertime. And we look at that now as a luxury. That was a way of life back then, you know? So that's the backbone of the country that was built by labor. And so we should appreciate that and we should applaud that and encourage that because that's what makes this country great. Um, We don't need the great divide between those at the bottom and those at the top. Those in the middle are really the stability factor that that has to be in place. Maureen, I wanted to ask you in our final minutes here about election safety. Have you heard any conversations from anyone with concerns about uh, making sure their vote is protected or fake electors or anything like that? For the most part, Um, The average person is fine. You know, they hear things in the news, but in terms of have they actually experienced um, situations, no. Do they believe the elections are fair and that we can go and they're, you know, we can trust the outcomes? Yes. Are there a few outliers? Um, Yes. They're, you know, out there. But all in all, It's, you know, going to the polls, casting your vote is how you affect change. And that's, you know, I encourage anyone 18 and older to get to the polls. Um, Again, your vote matters, especially in hometown races, all, you know, all the way up and down the ticket. It's they, you know, a, a race can be decided by a handful of votes. Yes. And that can make all the difference in the world. And so get out there and vote. Um, Don't let people hold you back, (laughs) you know, and um, come out on November 8th if you're in my district and vote for me. I'd love to represent you and uh, all up and down the ticket. 
Well, it's been wonderful talking with you, Maureen. Thank you so much for joining us, talking about your vision. I really appreciate you, you know, really spreading the 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 philosophy that you do of making sure that there's collaboration and finding common ground. I think that's the success and part of the way that you've been so successful on the county board. So it's just been great to talk with you and best of luck with your assembly race. Well, thank you, Carousel. It's been great talking to you and thank you for all the great work you do because you do a great service to everybody and looking forward to hearing you again. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Maureen. Have a great rest of your day. That was Maureen McCarville, candidate for Wisconsin State Assembly District 37. We will have the other candidate in that race on a future show, and we look forward to that conversation as well.